It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Zach Blackerby and Michael Pappas here with you. Today, we're going to talk about all the high points of what Gus Malzahn said yesterday. Good news regarding the running game. The offensive line sounds like it's getting healthier. Malzahn said some pretty positive things about that. We'll also talk about some key matchups for the game. Auburn versus Ole Miss, the key individual matchups. As well as uh, if we have some time, we will touch on some listener questions. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. You can use promo code 10 off 10 off to Taste of Asia, Zaxby's, or Brick Oven. Nice variety there. Of course, your, uh, your total has to reach $30, and you can take $30 off using promo code 10 off You can also use promo code ZAC20, Z-A-C-2-0, for your first delivery free. And, of course, they've got a brand new app. Highly encourage you to check out their brand new app and all the cool things that they're doing in regards to helping out the community with the Beat Bama Food Drive. So if you order through the app, you can uh, you can add $1, $2, $3, or $5 to your order, and all of that will go to Fetch Me, um, helping uh, helping out folks regarding the Beat Bama Food Drive, and they match all the donations at the end of it. So highly encourage you to uh, to do that with Fetch Me. Michael Pappas, how are you? I'm doing well this morning, Zach. How are you? I'm good, brother. I am good. All right, so let's jump into what Gus Malzahn said yesterday at his weekly press conference. He opened up things talking uh, very highly about Ole Miss. No shocker there. And kind of gave a bit of a preview. So um, here's here's that. We're uh, looking forward to going to Ole Miss and playing those guys on the road. Uh, You know, both teams came off uh, tough road losses. Uh, Really, when you look at them... um, they're, they're a better team than their record. Uh, they could have won, uh, you know, a couple of those games and, and had opportunities. You look at their offense, uh, one of the best offenses uh, statistically in college football up to this point, and they played some pretty good defenses too. Uh, really what stands out to me is that they're able to run the football and they're able to throw it. Uh, you look at their quarterback, um, you know, he's thrown for 11 touchdowns. Uh, their leading receiver, Elijah Moore, very impressed with him, 42 receptions and then of course they're running back uh, Ely we, we know all about him he's a very explosive guy and their defense you know they played some of the best offenses but uh, you know we, we know we've got our work cut out for us uh, you know anytime in this league uh, there's such a fine line uh, between winning and losing especially when you go on the road and of course you know you look at us last week uh, like I said I think we improved in some areas but the bottom line is we made the critical mistakes that didn't let us win the game and that's what we got to correct. And uh, really just getting back to playing good, uh, hard-nosed, blue-collar, uh, physical Auburn football. That's really my mindset uh, right now, our, our offense and defensive line. I felt like did improve, but we got to keep going. we got to keep getting better and better up front. And uh, I really believe we'll do that. And so uh, looking forward to, to going to Ole Miss. And like I've said before, I mean, our, our goal is to improve each week. And uh, we have the ability to do that. When I cut that, I did not realize how long that was. So, uh, Pappas, uh, takeaways from Gus's opening statement yesterday. Um, I don't know. I mean, 
He didn't say much about Ole Miss's defense. True. Uh, he named a couple skill position guys for Ole Miss who are are very good. Right. Um. I don't know. Um, uh, other stuff that he said. Uh, I agree that the offensive line got better. Yeah. Or played better. Yeah, yeah, and um, he'll talk about that in just a moment when we get to that that clip. He was asked about his quarterback. Obviously, we've talked about Bo Nix a ton, and uh, we got some listener voicemails uh, later in the show about Bo, but here is what Gus said when asked about Bo Nix. Well, we had practice Sunday, and uh, you know, I think just overall, not just him, but, but our whole team, uh, obviously disappointed that uh, – you know, we didn't win the game, and just now we got to do something about it. We we got to got to keep improving, and and got to put that behind us. And so, really, that was the mindset Sunday after we watched the film, and after we had a short practice. Obviously, today is our our main uh, preparation for game week coming up today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Yeah. So weird response to that being brought up, but I I think it's just you know I I genuinely believe that he thinks. You know, that the offense will get there uh, within the next few weeks. I know we've kind of poked and, you know, a lot of people have said, hey, the offense is a work in progress. He said that seven of the eight years that he's been here. Um, while I think it's like, okay, it should already be together at this point, regardless of what all happened this offseason, I do genuinely believe that Gus Malzahn believes that. And actually, if you had to... If I had to guess, I would say that the offense looks fine in two or three weeks. But it's just like, why does it always take this long? You know what I mean? Yeah, this answer to me is more of like he's trying to not have Bo be singled out. You know, like he's asked specifically about Bo, and then he just immediately brings it back to the entire team. Yeah. Um, Which is fine. That's fine. All right, Gus was asked about Simpson and Damio. Yeah, uh, of course, Jalen played some, um, you know, and made it through. Um, you know, I think Damio is healthier. I think this is a big week for both of them uh, to get back on the practice field and, and and making sure they're healthy enough to play. And obviously, when we have uh, those two guys, it gives us more depth, and, uh, you know, that that's, that's a good thing. So we'll see how this week goes. Uh, with them, but both of them are definitely going to practice. So, hearing that, I feel like Simpson's the only one that actually has a chance to play on Saturday. That's just me guessing. Yeah, I tend to agree based on the way that sounded. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on that? Not really. Simpson played 17 snaps, so hopefully he can play more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. He was asked about Shivers. I think this was the the, the most interesting answer of the um, of the press conference. Asked about Shivers transition to you know Shivers talking about Shivers to just the run game in general and the offensive line. Michael, you mentioned the offensive line just a second ago. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, Sean Shivers is one of our team leaders. You're talking about a guy that had a phenomenal fall camp and really had a really good first half against Kentucky and then got hurt. And, um, you know, so that'll definitely help when he gets back. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's in a great spot. Uh, the fact that our five offensive linemen, like I said the other night, that, you know, they've practiced for the first time Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of the same week, all five, all in the same position. Then they go out there and take the next step forward. We can build upon that. 
And uh, so that's really, you know, very encouraging. Now we just got to do it. I think tracking energy is very important when you kind of monitor what Gus Malzahn's saying because a lot of his sentences sound exactly the same. But when Shivers was brought up, and then you know he was excited to talk about this offensive line and the running game, he pepped up a little bit, and I think that's important. What do you think? I definitely agree. Uh, interesting thing that he said there about the the five offensive linemen. Um, how last week, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or, or Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it was, was the first time that all five guys had had played together, mm-hmm. um, and and whatever else he said, uh, played together for for those five days at the same position. Um, so it looks like they're they're rocking with Brahms, Manning, Ham, Jackson, and Council. Yeah. So Keandre Jones lost the job then to, to Sean Manning. I guess so. That's what it looks like. Interesting. Yeah. So I think uh, I think it's good that they've got their guys. Now, I mean, we've talked about this. The offensive line is so much more about talent. It's so much more than, you know, just kind of individual guys. It's how do you work as a unit. It just takes time to do mm-hmm. that. Now it's kind of our argument going into last season. And uh, we whiffed on that. It's like, all right, all these guys have played, you know, a ton of snaps together, but um, it just never really came together. So we'll see what this looks like. Uh, the offensive line was not the issue against South Carolina, and it shouldn't be the issue against Ole Miss. If there is an issue for Auburn in the Auburn Ole Miss game this Saturday, I do not think it will be the offensive line. I agree, especially with who they're playing. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, I've got one more bit from Gus. This is him just talking about, he was asked about tank specifically. What has surprised him most about tank Bixby? Here's his answer. Yeah. Just how physical he's, he's running. I mean, he looks like an Auburn running back to me, um, you know, and he's, he's running with, with great passion and, and that's, that's a, that's a good thing. And that kind of fits too, like, um, you know, being able to run the football effectively. He's broken tackles. Um, like I said, our offensive line uh, really took that next step, I felt like, last week, run the football with some zone and some gap and just keep building upon those things. So nothing groundbreaking there, but you can tell he likes talking about Tank. You can tell he's proud of him. Yeah, absolutely. Tank is very, very good. He's very good, very fun to watch. Big fan, big fan. All right, coming up, we'll talk about our key matchups to watch as well as some listener questions. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Watching football is therapeutic to fans, it's uninterrupted me time, and it's an excuse to chill and drink beer. With, with college football being back, as well as you know, just mountain cold refreshment made to chill within Coors Light, it's, um, it's, it's cold filtered, it's cold packaged, it's literally made to chill, and it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at GetCoorsLight.com. Coors Brewing Company, 
Golden, Colorado. Want to give some love also to our friends at Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All these bars covered 100% in chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. Looking at the flavor profile for uh, one of their more popular bars, coconut almond, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. So high protein, low calorie. All of their bars are just like this. They're all keto friendly. So BuiltBar.com, go there. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no spaces there, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Pappas, this has kind of become my favorite segment of the week, the top individual matchups to watch for Auburn's upcoming game. Obviously against Ole Miss. The first one I've got, and I'll get your thoughts on it, Ole Miss tight end Kenny Yaboa versus Auburn defensive back Jamie Sherwood and or the linebackers that are covering him, Owen Papo or Zacoby McLean. I think this is a key guy to watch. Here's what Gus Malzahn said about him yesterday. Quote, he's one of the leaders in production at tight end. You're talking about a guy that can run, make plays, and I think they've done a good job figuring out ways to get the ball to him as well. We'll definitely need to be aware and know where he is. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, Kenny Yaboa is really, really stinking good. Yeah, he is. He's good. Um, This season, he has 15 receptions on 16 targets for 355 yards and four touchdowns. And before you're like, oh, wow, that's really good. Of those 15 receptions, 14 have gone for first downs. And he has 160 of his 355 yards have come after the catch. Wow. He's averaging 10 yards per reception after the catch. Dang. That's crazy. Yeah. He, he's been absolutely incredible. Um, big breakout game was against Alabama. Mm. He had seven receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and then followed that up with one target and zero receptions against Arkansas. So not a great game last game. And they struggled against Arkansas. So you kind of got to wonder if, if, if that has something to do with it. I, I would guess that that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. They've through three games. He had 15 targets, 15 receptions, 355 yards, four touchdowns. Mm. Um, yeah, he's a matchup nightmare. And all he does is pick up first downs or score touchdowns. Yeah, he moves the chains. So, yeah, keep uh, keep an eye on Kenny Yaboa on Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see how they defend him. And they may just treat him as a wide receiver. So you may see, you know, you may see, you know, Tut following them. We'll we'll see. We'll see what they do. That'll be a that'll be a cool game within the game kind of thing to keep an eye on. Uh, my next one is Sam Williams. He's an outside linebacker slash defensive end versus Auburn's tackles Alec Jackson and Broderius Ham. He didn't do much against Arkansas. He was actually pretty underwhelming. But a lot of NFL draft boards really really like Sam Williams as far as his draft potential and his NFL prowess. So. He's going to be working hard to get pressures. I think he only had two pressures against Arkansas, if I remember what I read last night correctly. So that's a matchup that I'm watching. Obviously, um, you know, we saw what good pass rushers can do against his offensive line when Auburn went to Athens. 
I don't think it'll be the same situation when they go to Oxford, but in order for that you know, to be true, Auburn's tackles need to win this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they've, been, they've both been blocking much better as of lately. Um, for Darius Ham's... For Darius Ham especially, um, an interesting thing that uh, they do with Sam Williams is that he plays both sides. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he'll line up, you know, almost just as frequently on the right side as the left side, and that's. I think that's interesting because usually that means you're playing with your other foot forward or your hand in the ground versus like your other hand in the ground. I yeah, guess would be the yeah. Way to say so you got to line so. up different. Yeah, so that's that says a lot. And that maybe why the NFL likes him a lot. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, we'll learn more about Sam Williams, uh, the edge defender, on Saturday. My next one that I've got is center Ben Brown versus defensive tackles Daquan Newkirk and Tyron Truesdale. He's on the watch list for the Remington, which goes to the best center in college football every year. Now, there's a lot of players on the watch list, but I wanted to highlight this one, Michael, just because you kind of um, pointed out the play of the defensive tackles on either yesterday's show or the day before show. Uh, yeah, our Auburn's defensive tackles have not been good, to put it mildly. Um, it, it's 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 very disappointing. Uh, ben Brown has actually graded out worse than Nick Brahms this season. Okay, uh, which I don't want to say is an accomplishment, but you know, uh, it's certainly not an easy thing to do. Um, he had very, very bad games against Kentucky and Alabama and then like above average games against Florida and Arkansas, which is weird. Okay. Um, but I, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, this should be a matchup that Newkirk or, and Truesdale Truesdale should be able to win a large percentage of the time. So uh, I I am looking forward to see if those guys can can start to turn some things around here. All right, uh, wide receiver Elijah Moore. Malzahn mentioned him earlier in the show versus Roger McCreary. You're impressed with Moore. Elijah Moore is currently the eighth, no seventh. He's currently the seventh highest graded receiver in the country. Um, Zach, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the uh, the the reception chart that I sent you yesterday very briefly um it's absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous he has 42 receptions on 49 targets this season which means that he catches the ball 86 percent of the time it's thrown to him dang he's, which is, he's killer in the middle of the field yeah within 10 yeah. yards in the middle of the field 12 for 12. For 102 yards, and then what I guess this is between 10 and 20 yards. He's 13 to 14 between the hash marks, and then over 20 yards, four of eight. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean they they work the middle of the field. Ole Miss does, and I mean this is Elijah Moore has been absolutely incredible, and I'm I don't know like. 
I'm like concerned because he's been so good. So I have the matchup with him and Roger McCreary, but that may be more of a Christian Tut thing. Um, which that's concerning if that's the case. I don't think that's true. Okay. Um, let's see. I can look really quick as far as where he lines up, or is he just yeah. running routes to the middle um, of the field? Um. Yeah, he's lined up in the slot. 236 times this season and out wide 65 times. So you would be correct. This looks like it's more of a Tut problem than a uh, McCreary problem. Well, that's just great. (laughs) Against Alabama in week six of the college football season, Elijah Moore lined up in the slot 74 times and out wide seven times. Okay. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna make his money in the middle of the field. So, but uh, that's but then a big last one. Week it was, that's a big last, one to watch. Last week it was forty four to thirty five. So maybe okay. that's why their offense stunk. Maybe. Maybe. Um, all right. Cornerback. Ole Miss cornerback. Uh, is it Keedron Smith? That's how I read it. Keedron Smith versus, of course, Auburn wide receiver Seth Williams. And you did some research on Smith as well, didn't you? Uh, Yeah, this season he has allowed 13 receptions on 17 targets. Okay. um, For 122 yards, which is, ooh, excuse me, nine and a half yards per reception. Um, He's also allowed 77 yards after the catch, two touchdowns. Um, Throwing at him. Opposing quarterbacks have a NFL passer rating of 134.9. Wow. Uh, I don't think he's been particularly great this season. I guess there's something to be said about him only getting thrown at 17 times in 141 coverage snaps. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think he's been that incredible uh he has seven missed tackles also okay moving on jerry and ely obviously the running back he's very very good so uh you've got him listed as one of yours just kind of against everybody (laughs) the defense versus the auburn defense versus uh jerry and ely uh yeah ely i'm always super impressed with ely when when i watch him play uh, he also, I believe, is the starting center fielder on the uh, Ole Miss baseball team and was as a true freshman also. He's only a true sophomore this year. Um, so that's obviously pretty darn impressive for, uh, you know, at, at a school like Ole Miss. Um, he is extremely fast, extremely athletic, and Ole Miss loves to run the ball outside and they don't run it as much on the inside and you know if if Ely finds a crease he's gone yeah I mean he can do a lot of things really well he moves well laterally he's got the burst he's patient I mean he's a he's a very complete running back you're listening to Locked On Auburn it's Kubota Orange Day shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. 
your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, this next matchup, I'm going to let you do it since you came up with it, but it's pretty important. This is, uh, yeah, this is a big one. Uh, backup running back for Ole Miss, Snoop Connor, uh, matching up against Tank Bigsby. This is an all-time name matchup for running backs. See, I, I think Tank Bigsby is uh, is significantly better name than Snoop Connor. Am I biased? Maybe a little bit. But do you take points off because Tank is not his given name? Um, no, I'm choosing to live in a world where it is his given name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm ignoring. When, I'm, I'm ignoring that. Yeah. Even when Holly Rowe reminds you during the game. Um, that his name is actually Cartavius because that was baloney. I don't know who decided to. Yeah, why did she share do that? that one with the world? Yeah, who wants to hear that? <laughs> they did that little story <laughs> or bit or whatever, and I was like, "What are you doing? Come on, Holly Rowe, what's going on?" Uh, I was just like, "Who? Who is like you know what people need? That bubble burst." <laughs> All right, uh, you got one more that you listed, one more matchup that you listed. Yeah, I've got Matt Corral and Jerry Ely versus Colby Wooden, Big Cat Bryant, Derek Hall, and uh, and all the other defensive ends and bucks. So I, I think you misunderstood the exercise. <laughs> no, I know it's supposed it's like to be. The offense versus the defense is what you correct. just put down. <laughs> but I have a reason. Okay. So... Ole Miss, the reason I put these two guys is because Ole Miss, when they run the football, they, their like running frequencies get smaller and smaller as you move in the offensive line. So they run, they, the majority of their running plays, their true called running plays are run at your defensive, the defense's defensive ends, which makes, keeping contain incredibly important. And then in addition to that, they're uh, the, the majority of their run plays this season have actually been QB scrambles. They've had like 25 quarterback scrambles and it, it, that is the like most frequent called running direction or whatever. Okay. And they're not even called running plays. And so that's why I put Matt Corral and Jerry Ely because keeping contained for those defensive ends and bucks is going to be crazy important this weekend. More so than it has been up to this point this season. Well, except I guess maybe you could say against Kentucky, but they yeah, didn't that, like that, drop that, back that was fast enough. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things we talked about with Kentucky is containing Wilson. But yeah, no, that's okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Um, we don't have time for a whole lot of listener questions. I got this one voicemail from Mike from Missouri. Let's play it. You cool with that? Yes, I am. All right. Here, here's uh, Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Mike from Missouri. Mike. Um, so I just want to talk about the response uh, from some of the Auburn fans, most of the Auburn fan base, actually, uh, about Bo Nix. And I get the frustration. Uh, not not really much improvement, uh, if, if any, uh, from last year, uh, so so I get the frustration. My thing is like people saying bench Bo Nix, like for who? We don't have Joey Gatewood. 
Joey Jay was not starting on the the team that he transferred to either. So I I don't know what what more you could say about that. Like just give the kid a chance to, to maybe figure some things out this year. These are really knee jerk reactions and. If you really look down at the actual situation, benching Bo Nix isn't really a viable option, especially at this point in the year. Thanks to more Eagle. Thank you, Mike from Missouri. I agree with you. I haven't heard too much of the, hey, let's bench Bo Nix. I haven't heard a whole lot of that. I've heard some of it, but nobody with like that's been like rational about the situation. And once again, I want to stress the fact that like, I'm not frustrated with Bo Nix. Like, Bo Nix seems very coachable. Um, I think I, I think it's on the staff. I don't think it's on... I'm not putting the blame on Bo Nix, and I hope you're not either. Uh, I don't put a ton... I mean, I think he shoulders some of it. He definitely makes Sure, mistakes. I mean, ex- execution is always going to be part of it. But I'm not talking about the execution. The execution isn't necessarily, like, what I'm, like concerned about I'm concerned about his technique just falling by the wayside and future quarterbacks watching this and be like what has happened to his throwing motion and that's at some point as a coach you've got to look and say like hey you're slipping a little bit that's not Bo's fault uh yeah yeah um I I have heard people clamoring to to bench Bo Nix or to give up on the Bo Nix project or be like it's time to move on or what uh i'm with you mike from missouri um there are no options and when people were saying it last year i told everyone that it was ridiculous uh and now you know the guy everyone wanted to play instead of bow halfway through the season or um yeah can't find the field for kentucky so I don't know. Uh, I agree though. There's there's nothing behind him. I mean, you you brought in a emergency quarterback in Grant Loy, my boy Grant Loy. Yep. And anyone who wants to throw out Kalen Newton is, I mean, he, they brought him in to play wide receiver. Like yeah. he's not gonna. They're not gonna put him in a quarterback. Is there another quarterback on the roster though that you know maybe has stolen your heart a little bit? I mean, the obvious option if you're going to take Bo Nix out is to go with Sawyer Pate. I don't think there's a question, yeah. But, I mean, do you trust the coaching staff to make that correct decision at this point? <laughs> I certainly don't. I mean, I mean, I, I think the real reason that they haven't played Sawyer Pate yet is because they just want to keep things interesting. I mean, is it fun winning every game 100-0? to zero? I don't know. That's what it would be if they started Sawyer Pate. I tweeted out that I bought back in on Auburn this weekend, and they're going to win by 100. And someone replied to me and was like, this is not true. I was like, (laughs) yeah, man, you're right. My bad. (laughs) Where can people find you, buddy? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn and on Instagram at Auburn podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.